Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good Monday afternoon and welcome you into this 731 as it's the final day of July edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brian Feener Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned Full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us. We are back from Charleston, back in the studio. We did a live show on Friday uh, featuring Post-14 players live from Charleston. But we are back in the studio here, and it was a uh, interesting uh, I guess Friday into Saturday for uh, the West Virginia American Legion State Tournament. Friday's game initially slated for 7 p.m. Uh, we were going to get there around, what, we were going to say probably 5, 5.45-ish, I guess, to set up, but uh, around 3.30 for the 4 p.m. game. Uh, around 3.30 it started storming. That game didn't get started till 5, so then we knew our game wasn't going to start at 7. And it was ended at around 7.30, 45 minutes per game, between games. Slated to start at 8.15, 8.15 Friday night. Uh, about 8.10, the skies opened up and it started storming and pouring and hailing. And uh, had to evacuate the Welch Athletic Complex. Game didn't get started till around 9.15. It was a late night game on the banks of the Canal River, but it was a 5 nothing shutout for Berkeley Post 14 over Morgantown Post 2. That solidified them to Saturday where they went on to get redemption over South Charleston post 94-3-2. And with that 3-2 victory, they made it to the – they qualified for the regional tournament having to take on Morgantown who got the bye in game one on Saturday. They ended up beating Morgantown, and they are the 2023 West Virginia American Legion Senior Baseball State Champions post 14 with the huge week and i think it was the it was really the pitching in the final three games that uh did it colin yeah absolutely going out there for that late game on friday with carson boober your backs against the wall and we all knew in the back of our mind he needed to go out and pitch a great game probably six if not all seven innings if you wanted to save your arms and have a realistic shot at Uh, making it to that next day and from there winning that morning game and that's exactly what Carson Buber did he went six and two-thirds innings and then Baden Hartman came in for that final out and then next thing you knew and even to his surprise he was starting the next morning at noon against South Charleston I think that was the plan though is if he felt good after that coming in that they knew they could use him yeah he he only pitched the biggest thing about that is he had only pitched after that game, two total innings on the season. So two appearances for him, one appearance essentially before the state tournament. Yeah, I think that might have been Tripp's plan the entire time. But I know uh, Baden himself was knew, you know, when he was told that he was pitching that day, he was like, oh, okay. So that's kind of, you know, from talking to him beforehand. But it, he had a great performance out on the mound. He was the most outstanding player of the tournament to, you know, going off of that pitching performance and having eight hits throughout the tournament. Which is no surprise. I mean, 
like it said during the interview in the post game, and I had said to him off the air, you know, we had, it seemed like we were interviewing him all the time as the player of the game during the post-14 regular season. So uh, it's no surprise that him and, you know, everyone else, and I think the, one of the other big things was they got through that Friday game without Colin Reed, their best hitter, and it was just an overall really good performance, and they got the pitching when they needed it in the clutch on that Friday and Saturday. Baden's a gamer. I mean, I'm not really surprised that he went out there after not really pitching much and dominated because I remember way back to the beginning of the high school baseball season, I was sitting there, we were doing the Muscleman game. It was our first game of the year. And I had said something like, well, Hartman, you know, he's went through basketball season, so I don't know how much he's done leading into baseball and he rips a double into left center field. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he just goes out there and he's just a natural athlete and can transition from one sport to the next and, you know, do it pretty much seamlessly. So uh, to come out there and pitch, you know, really didn't surprise me too much uh, that he was so good for the team because he does stuff like that all the time. So, you know, very impressive performance to him. Overall, the pitching was great. Boober was great. Herndon was great. Uh, Herndon really gutted it out, I think, in the state championship game because there were times, I think, when you got into that fourth inning, you know, he gave up six walks, four hits, four runs. There were times that I think, you know, maybe had this not been the state championship and maybe it was just a regular game where you would probably have pulled him. But, you know, he came out there six and two-thirds, gave up four hits, as I said, four runs, only two – or striking out two – uh, he really gutted through it to the pitch count limit, which those three pitchers huge in getting them the state championship because they were able to eat the innings and not having to switch pitchers. Because you know Trevor Bohr, he was ready to go in all week. He was getting hot every day in the bullpen, trying to go getting ready, and he never had to come in. And I think that just goes to show the pitching strength of this uh, post fourteen team because the fact that you know typically in baseball games you like it feels like managers always do this where no matter what, even if your pitcher goes and throws you eight innings, you don't want to throw him out in the ninth inning because you got a closer. Well, Trevor shut the door. Bohr could have, you know, done that, but they said, let's, uh, let's pitch these guys that they can't pitch again in the tournament. So let's pitch them as long as they feel comfortable. And then they reach, reach the pitch count limit. And that worked out for them. Uh, Dylan, you mentioned Colin Reed. The trip had known the whole week. He had uh, gave us, the shout about it on Friday when we were at, when he came and brought the, the players over for the show that uh, Colin Reed had to go home. He was in a wedding uh, and Tripp didn't think he was going to get his services back for the rest of the tournament. But uh, we come in and we're stuck in the Charleston locker room. I guess they were texting about it in their group with Colin. And he was, I don't, I thought it was kind of maybe a joke, but they were trying to, see if they could get the game pushed to Saturday so he would be there for the game. Uh, but turns out Caleb Fletcher texted him and said, let's leave at 5.30 in the morning. So they ended up leaving 5.30 in the morning, Saturday morning, got down there just in time for warm-ups, and uh, I believe he had five hits between the two games. Yeah, the lineup really picked up the slack in that championship game especially. I think that was the reason you were able to throw – Chase Herndon out there for the whole time or the reason that he did end up going out there for six and two thirds because he did give up those four runs all those walks that you mentioned and I think if it had been a much closer game that's when you would have seen Jason Myers come in earlier than he did because once you pull Herndon he's done and then you know you're throwing 
Jason Myers out there for two and a third innings instead of just a third of an inning. And if he's in trouble or gets his pitch count up, you know, pretty quickly, then you got to throw in Trevor Bohr. And then all of a sudden, if Bohr's doesn't have good stuff that day, then you're out of pitching. So I think they wanted to gut it out with Herndon as long as possible, max amount on pitches. And they did, and it worked out. Myers got the last out, and there you go, state champions, and they deserve it. And they are not only it's their first time winning the state championship as post-14, they also sweep the junior and senior Legion state titles this year, uh, which means we could be in for another state championship next year if those guys that are in the junior team are going to come up to the senior team. I believe they're losing eight seniors but they do qualify for the the Mid-Atlantic Regional Tournament that's held in Morgantown starting this Wednesday. They'll face Quakertown, the Pennsylvania team that won the state championship, and they will face them at 4 p.m. We'll have that broadcast for you. It'll be around probably around a 3.45 pregame show. Again, it depends on the previous games if we go on 15 minutes prior to the start of the game. But we will be there, unfortunately, only just for Wednesday due to scheduling here. Uh, with the with us airing the youth fair beginning on Friday and things logistically just not working out for us to be able to be there. The entire tournament will be there. And uh, let's play back our interviews. First, it's manager Trip Tobin. Then it's, uh, was it Chase Herndon or Baden Hartman next? I think it was Hartman. Baden Hartman afterwards and then Chase Herndon to end things out. And uh, here the interviews are from Saturday's broadcast. Now we're joined by... Post 14 manager Trip Tobin. Trip, it's a state championship for you guys. It was two wins that you had to get today. Let's just talk about this game that we just went through. You got a big game in the end from Chase Herndon. You were able to get six and two thirds innings out of him. How big was that? It was huge. The last three games was exactly what we needed. We were, you know, we were starting to get a little short, and we were just loving leading guys go. I mean, I know he walked three batters there in that one inning, had a little snafu, but. You know, we were just getting short on guys, and we were just keeping them in there as long as we could, trying to, to keep giving him run support. But uh, what Carson Boober did, what uh, you know, what what he did, what 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 uh, Baden Hartman did, and what Herndon did today, and a couple of closes, you know, closing out the game that Fletcher did, and, and the starts that we got from those guys, just phenomenal. It's just great competition here, and you guys, I mean, if you if you're not here, you just don't know how hard each one of these teams compete, how hard outs they are, and you know, our guys just gritty and gutty, and ever since they've had their back against the wall. I mean, the loss seems to be the best thing that ever happened to us because, you know, at that point they focused. And uh, from that point on, they just cruised. The guys like Landon Sifford were able to step up in the lineup. While, you know, even yesterday you didn't have your really arguably your best hitter. I, mean, I don't even know if it's argu- arguable considering at least the team in RBIs and average. Colin Reed wasn't here yesterday, but you powered through. You able to get some great pitching. How was it for guys like Landon and others like Jordan Camby today to step up in the lineup? Yeah. I mean, that's the strength of this team. I mean, you know, we, we can you know, we can score runs. You know, whether we start at the top of the order, middle of the order, or bottom of the order, they all can they all can contribute. I mean, who wouldn't want a guy like Jordan Camby or Landon Sifford at the bottom of the order sometime or in the middle of your order? I mean, it's unbelievable what what we what we can put out there. Carson Boober, you know, is just a bad hard luck, um, you know, base hits, but just just a great offensive uh, performance today, and then. Just unbelievable pitching and you know, defense, you know, give up a couple unearned runs. But, I mean, basically I think we pitched three shutout games. I don't think any of those runs were earned. Trip, congratulations, obviously, on the state championship. I know it means a lot to you, your program now. Not only, though, speaking about the senior team, but also the junior team winning it this year, too. Just 
emotionally, what are you going through right now with all oh, this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's, – I, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, we've started this program back up, you know, back in 2019. We had a COVID year. We had a year where we had some administration problems and a big letdown. And, you know, the, the, this year was just uh, – you know, just a, just a lot of hard work from a lot of people and a lot lot of sponsors and donators and people that support us and people back home that support us that that you just have no idea um, how much it means to me to give this back to the community and for these young men. Uh, it, it's just phenomenal what 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 Post 14 has built and I'm kind of the head, I guess you'd say of it or or the figurehead of it. But I'm just one person of so many. You know, it's just such a village. And, uh, and and I'm just a guy that, 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 that you know, takes all the complaints. And uh, so I guess I'll take a little bit of the accolades. But um, it's just mainly just there's too many people to mention that, that created this, helped this program be where it's at today. Now you guys get to go to the regional tournament in Morgantown this upcoming week. Uh, how long are you going to take, you think, to, to celebrate this before you guys start to uh, prepare for, for Morgantown? Well, I mean, we have to drive home tonight because, you know, we're out of the motel and everybody wants to get home and, you know, tomorrow. And, well, uh, I think a bus is coming to pick us up Tuesday, I believe. So we don't have much time. You know, I think we get Monday, you know, tomorrow off maybe. I don't know if we'll do anything Monday or not, but we have to be in uh, Morgantown to play, I believe, Delaware uh, Wednesday sometime, like two, maybe 1, 2, or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's just been a great ride, and I feel just I just, just feel so much uh, a pride for for what Post 14 has done and, and what the community has done to create what Post, 40, Post 14 is. Before the first game, we said that last night's game was probably the altogether biggest win that you guys had down here at this tournament. Yeah. I, I think that's changed. I, I think these two wins truly show just the grit and the ter- determination, excuse me, of this team. I mean, to have your backs against the wall first off after you said that tough loss to South Charleston a few days ago to come around and now have this from that point to here I guess what really has changed if anything uh you know the guys just you know I mean and we talked about it and, and, and I quoted Sam the other day I kind of probably took credit for the quote but Sam said you know it's not always the most talented team in these tournaments it's, it's, a, it's a gutty gritty, grittiest team and maybe early in the week we didn't quite have that grit even though we gutted out a couple of close wins but you know we didn't have the grit that we showed the last three days and you know we had some grit uh, but you know we just really gutted it out you know there was some adversity through there and some guys aren't weren't hitting well some guys uh, made a few errors and the team picked each other up and you know it's in the competition, it gets chippy because chippy against the other team gets chippy in your own dugout, and you know it's just it's just a battle that you go through. And, and I think these guys just mesh together, have picked each other up, and, and become you know brothers for life. The manager of the state champion post 14 Hornets, Trip Tobin. Trip, thanks, uh-huh. thanks for having us. I was about to say, get ready to hand it over. I think it uh, looks like we're going to have Baden Hartman joining us now. The MVP. Here comes the of MVP, the Baden Hartman. There it is. Most outstanding player of the tournament, MOP, MVP, whatever you want to call him. Baden, I've said to you off camera before, before we had a player of the game interview, I was like, man, can you just let us have some other guys to talk to? You just got to have the best games out there. Today, game one, you go to the complete game. And that was big for you guys to have a pitching available in game two. Start with game one. How did you feel pitching out there? I felt felt great out there. My arm was good, and then pregame, I I or this whole tournament I wasn't expecting to pitch much and then Tripp told me I was pitching I was like starting pitching I was, he's like yeah I was like all right see how long I can go and I did the job so 
you, you got yourself a little bit of work last night. Do you think that you know, got yourself a little extra preparation for today? Oh, yeah, definitely did. So just go out there and get back to pitching, knock the rust off, and had a good outing. Baden, your team now state champions. Just talk us through, I guess, this entire season and coming together. What point did you guys realize that this was a true opportunity? Uh, I realized whenever, like, start, like, area tournament, like, we were just clicking then, and then this state tournament we were hitting the ball well, and it feels great to be a state champion. And let's uh, talk about you've had eight hits throughout this tournament as well. You had were at the plate in both games today. How do you think you were seeing the ball against some of the, the best pitchers against in the uh, state of West Virginia? I was mainly kind of sitting fastball and just jump on them early and just hit it, slapping, and hopefully it'll fall somewhere and did pretty good. You guys were able to get big performances out of a lot of pitchers, a lot of different hitters. You got Landon Sifford being one of those guys. You didn't have Colin Reed yesterday, highest average, most RBIs on the team. How did you guys think you were picking up the slack on, you know, not having Colin and just the whole lineup being able to get hits? Uh, it was definitely a struggle yesterday not having Colin because he's our, a big RBI dude and gets me score, gets us around. But everyone stepped up, and we played good baseball this past weekend. How right. fun's this uh, ride back about to be? It's going to suck. I'll probably <laughs> sleep the whole way. <laughs> it is a lot. You're a state champion. What I'll, do you mean it's going to suck? I'll sleep the whole way. Good dreams. How about yeah, that? It'll be good dreams. All right. He gets, he's a state champion now, regardless of how far he's driving or riding back. So uh, you guys will ride back, and you'll go to Morgantown this week for the regional tournament. How how much are you, you know, how long are you going to enjoy this before you guys start focusing up on the regional tournament? Uh, we'll definitely enjoy the rest of this weekend, and whenever it comes to uh, region, we'll, we'll get right back to it and hopefully play the same ball we did this weekend. All right, you got anything else for him? I'm good. Colin? All right, Thank 2023 you, American Legion State Tournament most outstanding player here in West Virginia is Baden Hartman. And now we're joined by today's starting pitcher who nearly went the entire way, six and two-thirds, <laughs> had Jason Myers come in and get that last out for him. But, Chase, it was a really good game for you out there, only two earned runs. You guys were able to hold it down. Your offense gave you a lot of runs. How were you feeling out there on the mound? I felt really good. Um, just uh, the team in general, we just fought, and I knew my boys had my back behind me, so I was just trying to pound the strike zone. I had a little struggle in that fourth, fifth inning, but I found it when I got back out there in the sixth and seventh inning. Yeah, was there any sort of you know adjustment you had to make or that you got from your coaches once you guys, guys started getting on base, a couple runs started to come in? Uh, yeah, we were just trying to take pitches and swing at better pitches. Uh, for me, for an adjustment on the mound, I decided to keep my head on that target and not take it off the target, trying to overthrow at times. Chase, it seemed like just your pitch sequence was on point today, really just mixing in that fastball with that breaking ball to kind of fool their timing a lot for the most part in this one. Just talk about, I guess, what you were seeing from them to, I guess, do that for you. Or All right, so I was seeing how they were uh, out in front of a lot of my fastball, so I try to put that outside curveball around the back corner of them lefties just to keep them out front, keep them hitting it off the end of the bat. And that was just about it, just keep pounding the strike zone against them. And I think you are a great example of also this up and down the lineup hitting as well. You guys have been able to get production from everywhere. Jordan Camby today, a home run shy of the cycle. And Landon Sifford making his way up to fifth in the order. You guys have been able to get production up and down the lineup, including from you. You had a triple on Thursday. And just what do you think 
it is that you know all these guys on the team can hit no matter where they are in the lineup. I just think it's just we all have grit. We all just want to win. I mean, it's just that pressure of trying to win just helps us a lot, just a lot of grit. I mean, I think we swing at when we hit really good. I think we swing at better pitches. Like, that's, that's how we've been able to connect. And uh, you also got great performances on the mound these last 24 hours from Carson Boober and Baden Hartman. What's it like you as a pitcher out on that mound to see your fellow teammates go out there and give you really good performances just, so that you didn't have to pitch yesterday? I mean, it was just good to just keep saving the arms for the state championship game when we knew we needed it. We just kept pounding the strikes and just did a really good job. All right, you got the regional tournament coming up this week in Morgantown. How long are you going to enjoy this, and what are you going to be doing to prepare for it? Well, I think uh, as a team, we just need to keep bonding and just uh, keep getting better each day. Even though we got this Sunday and Monday off, I think we should really take it serious of getting better hitting and pitching. All right, Chase Herndon, winning pitcher in the state championship game. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right, that will do it here. or That will do it for those interviews from the game. Uh, that was Trip Tobin, manager Trip Tobin, and then it was most valuable player of the tournament, Baden Hartman, and then Chase Herndon, who got the win on the mound on Saturday in the state championship game. That will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. Again, we'll be there Wednesday in Morgantown at Dale Miller Field for the opening round of the 2023 Mid-Atlantic Regional for the American Legion Baseball. Berkeley Post 14 takes on the Pennsylvania State Champion Quakertown Legion. That's a 4 p.m. Our pregame coverage set for 345. After this two-minute break, we will talk uh, TBT basketball as the Heard That Team wins it and goes to Philadelphia. We're talk, Regional. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from Zero's goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Make plans to join us at this year's Berkeley County Youth Fair. Eight action-packed days of fun for the whole family. Awesome carnival rides and the best fair food around. Come support the area youth and see all of their hard work at the agricultural and livestock exhibits and shows. It's the ultimate fun this summer. Download the BCYF app today to stay up to date or follow us on Facebook. We can't wait to see you at the fair August 5th through the 12th. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday, July 31st edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us back in studio for a few shows this week. I guess uh, Colin might be doing a solo show on Wednesday. Yeah. If he wants to. Perhaps. I haven't thought about it, but yeah. I guess we, the other three of us, will be on the road on the way to Morgantown at the time. That's true. Yeah, we have to figure that out today after the show. I'll do it with you, Colin. How are you going to do it? You're going to be in the car. Who says you're not driving? I did, just now. Oldest person has to drive. I'm the youngest. That's not true. I'm not 25 yet. I can't drive the car. I don't know how to drive. By law. (laughs) Dylan Dylan admits live on the air he doesn't know how to drive. So if you see him driving, get out of the way is basically what he's saying. All right. I didn't say I didn't drive. I don't know how. Yeah. So if you look at his car, it's got a bunch of dents in it. That's yeah, that is true. It does have a lot of dents in it. Not that, his fault. Not a, uh, yeah. <laughs> or so we think. He said he can't drive, so who really knows? He could be making up stories. He just told the world listening he can't drive. I like to just keep a little bit of question at all times of everything that I say. Am I telling the truth or not? I just want that little bit of doubt in your mind at all times. I like it. Deceive well, the audience. Well, look. Key to radio. That, that could be bad. The audience doesn't know if what you're saying has been truthful for the last year that you've been on our show. doesn't have to be truthful. Most of the show is opinion. It's true. This is an entertainment product. All right. Uh, let's talk TBT. As heard, that wins the quarterfinals. They beat Bayheim's Army 88-71 to advance to their first ever TBT semifinals. Uh, basically, heard that runs the state of West Virginia. Because Best Virginia isn't really Best Virginia anymore. Congrats, you guys finally got a win against us. Didn't they win in twenty? What was it, twenty eleven, Nick? Yeah, I mean they've beaten WVU in basketball. Yeah, before Probably twelve years ago, huh? Well, they don't well, play. They, they don't anymore. play anymore because. Uh, but maybe they will. Huggins, with Huggins being gone, you Huggins never know. stopped it. Actually, Huggins is gone. D'Antoni and him had, you know, Marshall should have joined the Big Twelve. Why would that you, would be a bad move? Why would Marshall people? join a non-regional conference? That's that's what we're that's to make not more smart. money. That's not smart though. Shepherd joined a non-regional what conference. conference. Are they in? Doesn't well, the Sun Belt? The Sun Belt is actually the Sun more regional, still regional. Yeah, don't they have like teams in Arizona and New Mexico and stuff? No, no, that's not the Sun. Well, New Mexico is uh, might be the Atlantic Sun. Yeah, that's probably it. Or I don't know. But um, what I was going to say was that. Yes, heard that did win. But the other point to be made 
I mean, this is all the TBT teams. The Syracuse team didn't even have Syracuse guys playing, but not it all had a Marshall guys. guy playing. Two of them are. Two of them are playing. You know, a good bit. No, I'm saying uh, the Syracuse yeah. team had a Marshall. Is, DeAndre uh, Kane. Yeah, Kane playing on them. Then Why he wasn't he on hurt that? Because uh, he's been playing in the TBT for like a very long time. Yeah, like he used to play for over. Seas Elite or whatever. Yeah, he played for yeah. like he's played out of the ten seasons they've had it. He's probably played seven or eight. So and they used to always like win it. Uh but Kane also transferred from Marshall to Iowa State. So I don't know how much like Well he was on he, he was on the Marshall. phone with John Elmore this summer. John Elmore tried to recruit him. Well of course he did. John Elmore had seventeen points in the contest. He had five three pointers. Uh Tavion Kinsey scored fifteen points as well. Uh, as heard that beats Bayheim's army the day before that they beat sideline cancer uh, and then they beat obviously we know they they beat best Virginia on what was that Wednesday night or Thursday Thursday, Thursday night yeah. so they're going to Philadelphia they're two wins away from winning the million dollars yeah something best Virginia hasn't done they've something never made no it. yeah they've never made it to the semifinals before no I mean, good for them. I don't know what you're trying to say there. They still think that because of one time getting to do it automatically makes you better overall, I think is uh, where you're going. Kevin but Jones got to the real Final Four, the March Madness <laughs> Final Four. Heard that, or Marshall is uh, 5-0 and against uh, WVU in Huntington. So they don't come to the camp for a reason. Yeah. Obviously, they're scared to lose. Why did it play in Huntington? Let's be honest. Also, they're not scared to lose. They just they're tired Why of didn't they playing play in Marshall. What was that question? Um, you already know this. Yeah, well, Huntington's attendance was horrible this year. Let's be honest about it for the TBT. They weren't in. They Huntington. didn't play it in Huntington. I, they played it in Wheeling. Um, Wheeling, you which was up. to Morgantown. So, uh, but it, it should have been in Charleston. Attendance should have been. It should have been in Charleston. I don't know. My buddy, I talked to my buddy that was there. He's <laughs> what I was very thinking right there. Yeah, no, I'm confused, dude. That's <laughs> yeah. My what are you doing, Colin? I don't know. I got confused because I thought we were still talking, talking TBT, and then you changed it, and then it got changed, and we're all over the place. And then my brain got all over the place. So okay. my fault on that. You had a long week. All right. Well, they'll play Wednesday night <laughs> in the TBT. I guess in TBT quarter or semifinal action, they will face Heartfire at uh, in Philly at the uh, where is it held at Daskalakalis Athletic Center. Uh, where is that in Philly? It's is that uh is that where Temple plays? Downtown? Not Temple. Give me another school up there. Villanova. Villanova. Drexel. 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 I believe it's mm-hmm. on the campus of Third Drexel University. There's a Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia as well, which I didn't learn until passing through driving last time I was there. It is, in fact, Drexel University, I believe, or Can't the play University where the 76ers of play? It's one of the other. I don't know if this was bad before. I was gonna say I don't know if they're packing in the Wells Fargo Arena too uh, too much for it's the Wells TBT. Fargo Center. Yeah. Come yeah. On. All right. Well, that game's Wednesday, 7 p.m. It'll be against Heartfire, and it will be on ESPN, not ESPN2. That was yesterday's game was, but it'll be on ESPN 7 p.m. Basically, they need to change the West Virginia Regional back to Charleston because there was, in fact, about no one in attendance. I had a good friend go up there uh, Saturday, and uh, basically the side the cameras were pointing to was where all the fans were. So they said, sit wherever you want, and I quote, this is what he told me yesterday. They were trying to figure out where to sit, 
and he used to be a manager for Marshall Basketball, so he was trying to see if he could get to sit on the floor. But uh, the lady said, go sit wherever you want. Sit in the first few rows just so it looks like there's people here for TV. Yeah, yeah. I think the the other thing with the TBT is it's kind of lost its appeal for me because the only time it really had a lot of appeal was during COVID when there was literally nothing else on and everybody just wanted sports. I think that was the best time for it to be you know, viewed. I mean, people are still watching it if you – like the idea of watching, obviously, you know, former college basketball players. I think that is cool to see your favorite college, uh, you know, represented on a team. I think it's pretty cool in general that Marshall is even good enough as a smaller school to have, you know, a team put together each year that's pretty competitive. Uh, but the best time for it was during COVID because there's literally nothing else on. And it was kind of the premier sporting event at that time. Since then, you know, I don't know how many people, unless you're paying attention to, like I said, your former college players that you used to root for, like West Virginia or Marshall in this state. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people are really paying that much attention to the TBT now because there is other things to watch. You can watch baseball. You can, you know, just do other things. And during COVID, there was nothing else you could you couldn't even go outside really and do much. So, uh, you know, I think. That was when it was kind of at its peak. I completely agree. I, I think that's why, and it definitely has hurt for probably some TV viewership that most of it's on ESPN Plus and not yeah. the ESPN network itself, which is what you saw during COVID was it was on the... Well, that was before Plus was even a thing, I don't think. So it was like you were flipping through... Might have been. Cable or it, whatever, yeah. and you were just like, eh. Yeah, I think if they saw it... TBT's it, on, I'll watch this. If they thought it was worthwhile to put it on the regular cable channel, you know, there's early rounds. Right. That's why... Well, it's because it's gotten so big. I mean, there's 63 games in it. I mean, you yeah. see the, the NCAA tournaments over four different channels, or whatever it is, four or five different channels. And that's the NCAA, so they've got TV there. This is trying to get TV in their 10th year. Uh, the semi or the quarterfinals continue tonight. It'll be in the Dayton Regional in the Elite Eight. It'll be Nasty Natty, the Cincinnati alumni team, versus Friday Beers at 7 p.m. And then in the at 9 p.m. in the Elite Eight for the Louisville region, it'll be Bleed Green, the North Texas alumni team, versus Gutter Cats. Gutter Cats, of course, has uh, Hedgesville Hoops alum QJ Peterson on the team. So they could make it to Philadelphia if they're able to win tonight. Be huge for QJ in the area. QJ, an interesting story coming out about him via his Twitter. Uh, it, apparently, for his time in the Chinese Basketball Association, he has not been paid. Yeah, hopefully that gets fixed. Yeah, because that's, that's ridiculous. We got to meet QJ, great guy. Uh, hopefully that gets fixed, and hopefully we see him in Philadelphia for the uh, semi-finals in the TBT, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Get your Traeger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Aquos Way or online at Orsini's.com. We'll be back after this two-minute break talking NFL news. You're tuned into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my 
I'm gonna call my parents. <laughs> Dad, come over. The first gets done. The Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor. And then some. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WVU Medicine is pleased to announce that robotic-assisted total hip and knee replacement with the new Zimmer Biomet Rosa is now offered right here in the Eastern Panhandle at both Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. The information provided by the Rosa results in more precise and accurate hip and knee replacements than ever before. WVU Medicine is proud to offer this technology and be a leader in orthopedic surgery in the Eastern region. For more info, call 304-725-BONE. Before the invitations and the dress, the flowers, cake, candles, or vows, there is an answer to a question proposed with a ring. Bechtel Jewelers knows that an important part of your wedding happens before the I do's. We're a diamond store with an engagement and bridal jewelry selection that's both exciting and accessible. On the big day, there's everything else and there's the ring. Make sure you get this one right at Bechtel Jewelers in Inwood. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. It's Friday night west Oaks, chilling with some good folks. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV Dead. Coming back with uh, Chris Darlington, a local artist here out of the, uh, I believe, Winchester area. I think you can see him at the youth fair Saturday night as part of the the, uh, concert series they're doing at the amphitheater. For the benefit to the youth fair as he was in, he was a part of the concert series last year as well. Uh, but uh, we'll be out there all day Saturday and uh, Friday night and then for the rest of next week. Yeah, probably uh, nice to note since we haven't yet today that that also means all next week no sports mix because of the Berkeley County Youth Fair. Yeah, for our uh, our two-year anniversary, no sports mix. Sports mix live from the Youth Fair. Our two-year anniversary coming up, there's going to be no show. Sorry, during we'll Cal just, Bingo. You'll just have to Ooh, over overtake Mary. Bingo, yeah. You'll just have to inv- invade the set right uh, from Mary Beth Blair right at some point and just force an hour to be the sports mix. <laughs> I don't know if Michael liked that too <laughs> no. much. No, no. Don't we still have the you fair in the background and we just start talking sports. Could. I don't know. It's <laughs> an idea. Get Nick on a cow trying to do <laughs> previewing the high these. school football season i mean you get enough hours into content you never know where conversation could go all right let's get back into here uh commanders training camp this weekend at fifteen thousand people or so uh went out to ashburn virginia uh huge for them to uh get back on the map colin yeah i mean good things are coming hopefully for this uh franchise now that the Fans are coming back. It looks like uh, I think today it's close to the public and tomorrow starts pads, but it sounds like uh, Terry McLaurin's really impressing and it seems like him and Sam Howell are having a good connection so far in training camp, so hopefully uh, that goes over into the regular season. Yeah, uh, apparently from what I'm hearing, it's been uh, good things for Howell as well. So it's good to see 
what I've also been seeing is a lot of former Redskin players speaking to the media or, you know, coming on sports shows us last week and uh, they're happy to be back and uh, happy that they're invited back. Apparently there's a whole alumni area training camp this year, which is I hope they're able to keep doing it and bring the alumni back every year in and year out because apparently a lot of alumni felt unwanted the last couple of years. Not surprising whatsoever. Uh, but Commanders, they begin the preseason, I do believe, next Monday night. I could be wrong on this. They or, No, they begin next Friday. August 11th, they'll take on the Browns at 7.30 p.m. We should have coverage of that from the Commanders Radio Network uh, later next week uh, when we get things going there. But uh, let's move on here and talk uh, what this interesting situation going on in Indianapolis because it keeps taking twists and turns. It started, I feel like, last week with owner Jim Irsay making comments about running backs, and now it's turned to uh, his own running back, in his uh, in uh, things happening with Jonathan Taylor, guys requested a trade. Yeah, apparently he had a back injury, but apparently he didn't. Uh, something apparently he was on Jim Irsay's in Jim Irsay's RV yesterday. Yeah, oh. uh, the rumor was that they are or they may put him on the non-football injury list, and he's claiming that he doesn't have an injury. So it's kind of a and if they put him on the on the list, they don't have to pay him. So. You know, there's kind of some controversy here over what is going on uh, with the Jonathan Taylor situation. He's requested a trade. I honestly don't know if there's much of a market for him since he's coming off of a down season. He supposedly has this back injury. That obviously doesn't help. Um, Which he says he doesn't. Right. He says he doesn't. So I guess if a trade were to go through, it, it would come down to the physical. Um, but, you know, I think the whole thing is – pretty dramatic it's another sign of running back mistreatment that we're seeing across the league is kind of the the theme and I mean I've heard both sides I think you know I I think the guys deserve to be paid but do they deserve top dollar or more money than they're getting currently and I just don't really see the market there for the running back position Um, the fact is is that you know when these guys get older you know, 27, 28, they're not going to be the same guy that they were at 22, 23. And it's just, you know, pretty simple to look at. And I think there's even guys that are unproven that are holding out. Like J.K. Dobbins is holding out. The guy hasn't even ran for a 1,000 yards in a season. Like, what is he expecting to get? And he's been injured a lot. So it's like, you know, that's a Ravens situation. And I just think that, Overall, you know, I don't know if the position is really justified to get paid more. It is a very important position. You need a good running back to some extent. But also, like the Super Bowl champions, they didn't have a premier running back. They had a seventh-round pick in Isaiah Pacheco. So, you know, the game has changed quite a bit where running back is no longer the vocal point of the offense. It's no longer how you build your team. And, Unfortunately, that's the way it is. But nobody's, like, saying, where are the fullbacks? Like, we've all moved on from the fullback. Nobody's paying any fullbacks anymore, and nobody's begging for them to come back. So, you know, running back's obviously not going to be in the same extent. We're always going to have running backs. But, you know, I I don't get it for most of these guys. It's just 
how the position is and it's you know it stinks for them because they do get hit quite a bit it's a very physical position there's not yeah. a whole lot of rules to protect the running back like the quarterback and wide receivers but you know it's just kind of how the game is yeah it's it, the way that it's different you can say from the fullback to the running back is that these running backs still are clearly some of the best athletes and you know skilled players in the NFL but at the same time so that's sort of you see where they're coming from where it's like they want the top you know they want as much money as they can get and obviously every position every guy is going to want as much money as they can get and that top dollar you know figures those guys like Saquon Barkley and others but at the same time you do like you said Nick like I think we've said it here before and a lot of people have said it in general that it's a lot easier to get rushing production out of you know just the replacement level guy at running back because if you have a really good offensive line it opens up those holes and there's you know the skill it takes to run through a you know two foot wide gap between guard and tackle is not all that much so it's it's easier to find running backs that you can that you can uh have production with i mean there's the guys like barry sanders that make it you know despite not a great offensive line but those guys are very rare yeah and i mean think. you think of a guy too recently adrian peterson for how long he played yeah i mean the he played a long of time i say not necessarily relying on the offensive line yeah so yeah and still making plays but i mean that's very rare to see that i'm just talking about the longevity of a career because it seems like these careers of these guys only last till they're 30 but adrian peterson's played what two years ago and he yeah. was 38 peterson and frank gore lasted for a very long time yeah. but those are kind of unique situations yeah yeah they weren't quite the top tier that they were right. but, you know before the 30 but still they were productive all right well that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford of evolutionizing the car buying experience go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll wrap things up we'll talk nats and o's in the mlb trade deadline is that tomorrow all right, we'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. 
If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back here to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your July 31st, 2023. Brought to you part by the Marius Group of the Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343. We'll be done with the show in a few moments. Uh, too much paper moving around over there as we get to the end of this show. Uh, Nationals fall in a series to the Mets. You can go out there listen to their coverage tonight. They take on the Brewers, but they fall... Th- Three to they lose three out of four games to the Mets over the weekend. The Mets end up trading off Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is doing something not I don't think any MLB players actually been has done for them before. He's going to be paid at least fifteen million by three teams this year. The Mets are paying him over twenty million. The Nats paying him fifteen million in his deferred salary, and the Rangers will take on fifteen million. I think that's huge for Scherzer to go and uh, to a team that's contending, and that I could that has a chance for a pennant this year. Yeah, good opportunity for him. And now it's time for Justin Verlander to come to Baltimore. Mm. Somebody. I, I I think this is a great move by Texas and yeah. something that, yeah. If and they got Texas Jordan Montgomery this, as why well. Couldn't, why couldn't Baltimore have done it? The 43rd best prospect, you guys said, when we were talking off the air? Yep. And baseball and then money? Yeah, essentially. For Max Scherzer? Yeah, it was essentially, you know, taking on some of the – some of the salary. I think it was the Mets taking on taking back some of the salary. I think they played like twenty something million of it or whatever. Yeah, but yeah that's what I said. All, all of the options I've heard for the Orioles, you know, to make a trade by tomorrow at six PM. It's like Michael Lawrenson from the Tigers, who was their all star this year, but you know, it's Tigers. So yeah. it's they, they Edward you, every Rodriguez team gets one. Should be an option like too I said Ty Wigginton was an all star once. So I mean, and then it's you know Cardinals guys I just saw, actually, during the break, I was looking, apparently Ken Rosenthal put out a report that Dylan Cease of the White Sox, apparently the White Sox are still listening to offers, at least entertaining them, but it would would cost a lot, definitely more than the Orioles are willing to give up, but man, even if the Orioles only trade for one pitcher by tomorrow, I'll be a little disappointed. To me, the Verlander market has to go down. He's 40-something years old. What do they really expect to get for him? They have to trade him, I think, because... But he also has a no-trade clause, so that's kind of – we'll see. Uh, but I, I think it could happen. 
I think they could pull it off. I, I, Will they do it? I don't think so. The same report said Dodgers is the, would be probably the place. But, of course, it's the Dodgers, uh, you know. Don't go to the Dodgers. He's from Virginia. Listen, Come home. The, the Orioles to the Nationals. Up, no, the to Orioles, Baltimore. To a contender. He's not from Maryland. <laughs> the Orioles put up a first He's inning. not from t- D.C. either. They put up a first inning touchdown on the Yankees last night. That's where you got to go. That's the place to be. Who it's knows? True. Who knows? They don't have the postseason experience. Just like the Nats in 2012, they didn't go anywhere after they won their uh, their division. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back tomorrow for another edition right here on Talk Radio WRNR. And we'll be back at 12.08 tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. For Colin, Nick, Dylan, I'm Spencer saying so long. You're listening to 106.5 FM and 7.40 AM. Talk Radio WRNR. Martinsburg. Shepherdstown. Charlestown.